Hi, I'm Nick and welcome to the How Podcast. In this series, we explore how people can help you. Today's guest is Chris Hill, mortgage broker and 15-year finance veteran. Today's topic is the humble household mortgage. Chris, thanks for joining the How Podcast. Thanks, Nick. Good to be with you. Today's topic's pretty simple one. It's sort of what you can expect when you're dealing with a mortgage broker. Uh, it's funny that mortgages are one of the uh, more popular topics that um, people have to discuss because it's a fact of life when coming to purchasing a home. Um, Chris, we're really keen to get your explanation on what a mortgage broker does and um, and how they can help. So, Chris, what does a typical day kind of look for you? Yeah, Nick. So a typical day for a mortgage broker is probably covering the entire customer loan experience. Um, this could be anything from fielding new inquiries for lending, could be negotiating interest rates with banks for new and existing customers, uh, getting loans approved, and also post-settlement work like re- renegotiation of rates uh, for our customers. And if you've never dealt with a mortgage broker before, what should I expect? Yeah, so you should expect your broker to give you a detailed overview of the services they offer and the value that they can add in the loan process. Um, They should be providing you with standard compliance documents up front, like credit guides and privacies and consents. Um, And a good broker will help you understand more about the approval process and give you an indication of borrowing capacity and lending products that suit your best interests. And what does it cost for me to get advice from a mortgage broker? Yeah, Nick, so in most cases, uh, brokers are remunerated by the lender when a loan settles and should rarely charge you a direct fee for service. Um, If they are going to charge a fee for service, they should detail the reasons they are going to do so. Um, And it's more than likely that they're not being remunerated by the lender for that particular service they're offering. Understood. So if you guys don't get paid, uh, or I don't have to pay you, how do you get paid? Yep. So good question, Nick. Um, We're remunerated by the banks via an upfront and trial commission. The upfront commission is typically about 0.65% of the loan amount, and the ongoing commission is around about 0.15% of the loan. Um, now, brokers are only paid when a loan settles, uh, and obviously the ongoing payment that we're receiving is so that we um, continue to look after that loan for the life of the loan for you, um, including you know regular renegotiation of rates with banks. And that so so to be clear, I don't have to pay you for all the work that you do in the lead up to me purchasing a house. That's kind of part of the service, and and when you get paid is ultimately when. Um, I purchase the house and, and and settle on that home on that day. Yeah, absolutely. So so brokers aren't paid um, by customers or lenders until a loan actually settles. Understood. Um, once I get a loan with a bank, do I still have a relationship with you and what can I expect? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we would definitely consider um, the relationship with you to, to be the primary relationship. So we would always ask our customers to come back to us before they approach the banks um, just because of our, our relationships with the banks and our expertise. Um, look, post-settlement, you you should be expecting from your broker, uh, you should be expecting to touch base once or twice a year with the main aim of making sure that you've got a competitive rate and that could be um, going back to the bank and uh, and repricing your existing loan or it could be providing a review for what, for what else is in the market. And do you guys have access to every loan? Uh, so no, the short answer is we don't have access to every loan. So, and that's one question you might, you might want to ask your broker up front is what lenders they've got on their panel. So each broker... Um, will belong to an aggregator and that aggregator will have a panel of lenders. So in our case, we aggregate through AFG, who are the largest mortgage aggregator in Australia, and we have over 50 lenders on our panel, which includes all the big four banks, your tier two lenders and several non-bank lenders. Yeah, interesting. So what's a good rule of thumb for how much I can borrow? Yeah, that's a really good question, Nick, and that's something that we get asked fairly regularly. Um, 
Look, a, a good rule of thumb at the moment is probably around four and a half to five times your gross income, mm-hmm. and that includes all forms of income. It could be investment income, rental income, salary, bonus, etc. Um, having said that, uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, and it, it, each each person's circumstances are different. It's important to um, get as much information you can through to your broker so that they can run up accurate calculations for you. Understood. And with so many people saving to get into the property market, can a mortgage broker get you into the market quicker? Uh, look, I think they can, yeah, because you'll, you'll find that borrowing capacity is something that varies between each lenders and also deposits required, et cetera. Um, you know, some banks have, uh, you know, mortgage insurance waivers for particular occupations. Uh, some banks are offering, uh, you know, 85% LVR with no mortgage insurance. So I think speaking with a broker is going to give you a – an idea of what the broader market is offering. And in a lot of cases, that will help you get into the market sooner than if you approach your existing bank. So how we should think about it is you're effectively the expert in telling us what we can and cannot borrow. Ultimately, the bank will give the decision as to whether they lend that money to you or not. But you're the go-between, I suppose, to be able to explain to customers where their challenges may lie in terms of their expenses or, or or how much savings they may have rather than just relying on a typical mortgage calculator or the opinion of one particular bank. Yeah, that that's right, Nick. So it is it is borrowing capacity is quite complicated. Um and I don't think the online calculators for, with various lenders will do it justice. They they tend to be a much more simplified version mm. and will probably give you an approximate idea. But as I said, each case is different and I think it's important to get as much information as you can through to a broker so that they can run up accurate calculations for you. And if I've got a business, will that impact whether I can get a loan? Um, it'll be a factor in whether you can get a loan, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you that you can't get a loan. Running your own business or being self-employed won't mean that you can't get a loan. It will mean that finance might be a bit more of a complicated process. And I think approaching a good broker if you're self-employed is, is, is probably a key part of the process. Understood. Um, if I have a fixed rate loan that is due to expire in the next 12 months, what should I do? As interest rates are going up and my repayments are probably going to spike. Yeah, great question. And that's one that we've been we've been getting quite a lot lately. I think what you want to do is reach out to your broker as early as possible. And, and what they'll be able to do is just give you an idea as to what your repayments are going to look like when that fixed rate expires and then discuss strategies and whether that might be moving to an interest-only period if it's an investment property or whether it might be a refinance to a better rate. Um, I think the earlier you do it and the, and the sooner you prepare yourself for that rollover, the better. Yeah, understood. So, Chris, is there any prep I need to do before contacting a broker? Look, Nick, I think if you do some preparation before you contact a broker, you're probably going to get a better outcome. Um, we'd always recommend that you do a bit of a research on the broker that you're contacting, check their website out, um, perhaps check their LinkedIn profile, just understand who you're dealing with. Um, And I think if you can have some basic financial info um, at your disposal, just so that when the broker's asking some questions for you, that you've got those answers available. So they might be your most recent pay slip. It might be a good indication of what you're paying in utility bills or uh, or rent or uh, or what your outgoings might be per month? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So ba- just, a, just a sort of high-level understanding of what the household income is and what the household expenses are. And that'll, that'll just give the broker a picture of where you're at and, and, uh, and a better understanding of what you're looking for and how they might be able to help achieve that. Perfect. So there is help uh, if you're feeling that level of financial stress. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely reach out and, and reach out so, a, as soon as possible. What are the reasons why people typically refinance? Is it, is it stages of life? Does it come at you know when 
when you see changes in interest rate scenarios, what are the typical reasons you usually see? Yeah, yeah, good question. So I think I think probably the main reason that people refinance is to get a better deal. That's probably the number one thing we we see. Um, there's a lot of cashback offers at the moment. The lending environment is very competitive, so um, banks are offering the best rates for new business. So you're always going to be in a better position if you're moving your loan fairly regularly. Um, the other thing, the other reason we'll see refinances is just if there's milestones in the loan. So it might be that you constr- you've had a construction loan and that's just finished. You might have had a fixed rate loan and that's just expired. Perhaps your interest only period has expired. Um, those those typically prompt a borrower to reach out um, for a review and potentially a refinance. Perfect. Finally, a word on the industry. So the share of loans written by a mortgage broker hit almost 70% in uh, FY22, up from circa 50% in 2016. Why do you think people are turning to brokers more regularly than banks? Uh, and why do you think that brokers are ultimately taking share? Yeah, it's a good question, Nick. I think that's probably a few reasons um, for the increase in, in in the market share for brokers. I, I think there's been a perception since the Royal Commission that, that loans are hard to get, and certainly loans have been a lot harder to get post-Royal Commission. Um, and I think probably what people are seeking out is the existence of professionals that can cover the entire market. Mm-hmm. So going back to your going back to your bank versus going to a broker can mean two very different answers. And I think that's probably a key reason we're seeing more more business flow through brokers. Um, also, post the Royal Commission, um, brokers are now operating under a legislated best interest duty, which means that we have to um, act in the best interest of our clients. Which is just just that added layer of protection that you're getting through a broker that you're not necessarily getting through your bank. Understood. Look, Chris, thanks so much for your time today and uh, and joining the How Podcast. Thanks, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Cheers.